From Santa Barbara, California, the Timeless Voyager series, where the knowledge is timeless and you are the Voyager. Interviews with leading-edge authors and speakers, psychic phenomena and the unexplained, UFOs, extraterrestrial encounters, government cover-ups, alternative health care, new technologies. Fasten your cosmic seatbelts and join me, your host, Bruce Stephen Holmes, the Timeless Voyager. Hello, everyone. This is Bruce Stephen Holmes for Timeless Voyager. My guest today is Felicity Elliott. She is the chief editor of Share International Magazine, uh, which is based in Amsterdam. Uh, she has worked as a teacher and a lecturer. Now, she joined Benjamin Krem's group in London. We're going to find out who Benjamin Krem is. Uh, she joined the group in 1976 and continues to be an active member of the worldwide Share International group. She gives lectures and contributes articles to Share International magazine. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Nice to be with you. Uh, how's the weather there in Amsterdam? <laughs> Actually, not bad. Um, it's not yet autumn. It's still very green. I've just been for a walk in the park. The, the grass has just been mown. It's lovely. And it's not too cold. So it's fine. How about you folks? Well, we went, we've had a very hot summer here in Santa Barbara. I don't know what yeah. happened, but normally it's never like that. But right now, today, it's about 70. Right. Which is nice. That's usually what it is every day, all year long. But right. for some strange reason, it changed this summer. Well, we're out of normal, aren't we? We're no longer in normal times, I fear, <laughs> to do with our, our poor old planet, which is suffering terribly and the, the climate, climate crisis and so on. And most of nature is suffering. So I guess we have to suffer with it until we learn. Well, that's because we are part of nature, right? That's right. Absolutely. Um, tell me, for my uh, listeners, or our listeners, tell us a little bit about Benjamin Krem, so they have yeah. a background. Yes. I believe you interviewed Benjamin Krem years ago. I think you did. I did back in, I think it was 1990. Mm. Benjamin Krem sadly passed away in uh, 2016, but he dedicated all of his, uh, certainly his adult life, to service to the masters, the masters of wisdom, and um, those are the masters as known by and introduced to the West by uh, Madame Blavatsky of the Theosophical Society, and then a later further person working with the masters, a woman called Alice Bailey, an English woman, also worked with the masters and so on. And Benjamin Krem was in constant telepathic contact with his master, and uh, he, therefore, was the recipient of certain information given to him by that master. And uh, that information is crucial for all of us now at this time of the in the planet's history and the world, the point that we've reached in the world. And that's to do with the future, but we'll come to that. Benjamin Krem was uh, an artist, uh, a painter, um, but, as I said, he dedicated something like more than 40 years of his life to really working for the masters. And that what that involved was lecturing, traveling the world, um, always um, 
for no remuneration. He simply ploughed back any uh, any money that he made back into the making of books and so on. And he's the author of about 16 books, which are all, and some of which, by the way, are freely downloadable on our website. I'll give you more information about that later. And uh, Benjamin Krem, as I said, was a fairly advanced person um, and was able to be in constant telepathic contact with his master. That, of course, developed over a number of years of training with his master. His master was in the Himalayas and is one of the well-known masters who will gradually be coming out in the next few years as the world situation unfolds and improves. Can we know Can we know his name or is that... Uh... That is not going to be divulged until somewhat later on and then that master himself will probably make himself known. And, right. of course, along with the masters... Um, and I'm sure quite a few of your viewers and listeners will know about this. A number of the masters work with, they work behind the scenes. They work through their, what we call disciples, people in the world who may or may not be aware of their contact with the masters. And it is really to do with service to the world in whatever form and in whatever aspect of life. So it might be some of the masters might be inspiring people to work in science or in medicine or to do with climate change and so on, or to do with art. And the masters put their ideas, stimulate humanity to pick up their ideas. And it is the intuitive Uh, more sensitive people in the world who pick up these ideas and put them into effect. We implement the ideas, in other words. I'll just give a couple of examples. The um, Red Cross was inspired by the Master Jesus. Another um, um, movement which was stimulated, also encouraged by uh, an idea put out by the Master Jesus, was the the women's the women's movement. So the movement for feminism and etc. was actually inspired by the Masters. And this is how our life has evolved on our planet: the Masters working from behind the scenes because of the question of free will. People will say, "Well, why are they behind the scenes? Why aren't they out?" They certainly will come out the minute where humanity is ready for them. Uh, why they're working behind the scenes is partly an old, an old historical reason, but one of the reasons is to leave us as free as possible to make our choice for change. And, of course, we can all see at the moment that we really do need to change. Since you know, I was listening to a radio program recently in London, and I heard a young man saying, well, everybody knows that the world's broken. All the systems are broken. Nothing works. And he, he took it for granted that everyone shared that view. And I must say, many people do these days feel that the old systems are breaking down. Our political, economic, social, financial systems are no longer serving the purpose that they they need to serve. In other words, to see, serve humanity. You know, that's uh, interesting that you would comment that way because that's what everyone basically talks about aside from political things um the real question is what is what is this and where is it going i mean this is a, it's a it can be pretty scary as we just i was just watching a little bit of the news this morning and i i thought to myself it's interesting that i could turn on the tv five years ago and while russia was always you know kind of like somewhat friendly 
I thought for sure that was going to be something that would remain. And yet here we are back in a situation where, for, for all we know, there could be all kinds of problems, including perhaps uh, threats, nuclear threats. That's a real shaker. I just don't understand it. Mm. Well, there are lots of issues you raise there. And so let's go through them because I think it's really important. I mean, a lot of people are saying, what on earth is going on? Our planet is really in, in uh, distress. And I mean, the physical planet is in distress. So all of nature is in, in distress. We're losing biodiversity. We're losing species uh, at a huge rate. Uh, water supplies and so on and so on. But this is really to do with the fact that we have let things go too far and we're out of sync. We're not in the correct relationship with ourselves, with each other, with ourselves personally. So, and also we're not in correct relationship to the planet and to nature. And what I mean by that is, look, what do we, what do we, we prioritize a kind of materialistic, exploitative, extractive uh, way of being. So our, we, it, it's greed. We want more. Uh, on a finite planet, here we are, finite planet, finite resources, and yet we, our, uh, you, if you listen to the economists and so on, and certain type of economists, you'll see that they still believe in constant growth as if our economy can keep on growing and we can keep on exploiting the planet and it won't have any effect. Well, I'm afraid we've reached the point where we're beginning to see the effects of what we've done. And we need to wake up. It's time for us to wake up, folks. And we need to do this across the board. And I know it's a scary time, but we could see it together with the pandemic, with um, all sorts of things that are happening now. And we'll come to the war in, in Ukraine in a minute. Um, it is time for us to say, wait a minute, can we go back to normal? Is it possible? What are our priorities? What do we want? Um just recently, I interviewed, I, I, I'm sure you know him too, and your viewers probably know him too, um, Dr. Eben Alexander, who's a near-death experiencer, and talks about his experience. And if you read all of the literature along those lines, you will find absolutely without, almost without exception, that everyone comes back from their near-death experience and they say, and if you ask them, in a nutshell, what is the lesson that you have learned about life and death and so on? First of all, they say, well, there's no death. It's simply transition. That's number one. But the most important thing for most people who have had this experience is love, love and right relations, love and the right way of dealing with other people and setting things to rights in all our systems because our old systems political, et cetera, et cetera, we've just said, have collapsed or are in the are on the point of collapse. I don't know if you see any uh, news from the, the UK, from Britain, but you will have seen hundreds of thousands of people out on the streets, all talking about various aspects of the fact that, that enough is enough. We don't have the money. We're not going to pay. This is exploitative. It's unjust. And so the story of love, of right relations, of justice, this must be at the basis of the changes we make. Now, coming to your point about Russia and the war and so on, unfortunately, I, I must say, I think it's even bigger than that. I don't think that we can 
Yes, certainly. I think it's an unjustified war. I have to say that I'm speaking for myself. I'm not necessarily speaking for Share International at this moment. It's an unjustified war. However, what we have to realize is that behind the scenes, we have the uh, interests, vested interests of the um, military complex, the industrial military complex, which is making so much money, such profits at at what cost? At the cost of lives, innocent lives, people maimed, destroyed, a country ruined. And because we have vested interest behind this, it is not for nothing that, that arms keep being manufactured. It pays. Same as big, big oil. Big oil, big pharma, big money in all of these, these areas where they can make a huge profit while Millions of people are starving and it is getting worse. And you say the news is bad. It is bad if we look at how people are suffering. And that's across various countries and in places where people were managing before, they're not managing now. And to, to be, be a, I hope it's a bit of a surprise to some people. I'm not talking about countries that are starving in Africa. They are. I'm talking about people who are having to make more use of food banks. I'm talking about people in Europe, in the States and so on, who are working two or three jobs and still having to go to food banks to live on coupons and so on. And this is a reality of what we call a civilized society. It isn't, and we can't allow it to go on. What is in Putin's head, I can't say. Um, how it will end, I know it's scary, but we in Share International, first of all, I should say the name Share refers to the whole notion of we're in it together, we're one being. Humanity is one being, interdependent, but one being, and one with all of nature. That being the case, we have to learn to share. And when I say share, I don't mean a, 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 a sweet neighborly thing of sharing your garden tools or something. That too, that's, that's great. But this is to do with systemic change. So we change the structures so that we make sure that there is justice across the board. So that there aren't people desperately living in cars, if they still have a car, uh, trying to feed their children or having to decide, do I heat or do I eat? Do I heat my home? Do I feed my children? These are extraordinary things that people are being faced with, challenges they're being faced with, and it's it's daily for many, many people. Uh, a year you or know, two. I'm going to just say it's yeah. interesting because when you use the term share, again, I, I was going to comment, you already said it, basically. People don't realize the extent of what that really means, but I'm just thinking to myself, we will not live if we don't share air. Exactly. I mean, my goodness, everyone takes that. Everyone takes that as some kind of like given. You know, there's, mm -hmm. there's the, the air will always be there. When people uh, are are told, for example, that certain pollutants are are creating a disturbance in the air, for some reason, and I don't know what it is, but people don't seem to get the point that this is absolutely important. Next, of course, is water. So you have air and water. Here are two things that we're all sharing. 
I mean, people don't even realize, or maybe they realize it, but not many people get the idea that there's a cycle. The water is used, it goes into the ground. If it doesn't, it goes through an evaporation process up into the clouds and then comes back down. And everybody thinks, well, that's the way it is. That's the way it'll always be. But scientists tell us that there can be a change in that and that there are limits to what you can do. I don't want to get in a soapbox here, but I thought I would add that to to what you're yeah. saying. Brilliant. I mean, you're, you're spot on. I mean, and that's exactly what we all need to be thinking about. And, um, well, I can tell you something um, along a, a slightly more esoteric line, uh, and that is that um, information from Benjamin Krem and from people like Madame Blavatsky and Bailey, who worked with one of the masters, is that, for example, humanity is unaware of the fact that we have a direct effect by our emotions and by the way we live and the turmoil that we live in and create, we have an effect on the weather. How that works is very interesting from a, from an esoteric point of view, if you'd like to know. But basically, you can uh, people can just see it very simply. If you create turmoil in your environment, you have an effect, and it has a negative effect. Anyone who grows plants or, or looks after animals and so on will tell you there's an immediate effect. If there's um, a, a negative um emotion uh, and it gets out of hand and it it has its effect there's much more i could say about that and it's it's you know rather esoteric and so on but it's fascinating because humanity needs to learn to live with and work with the forces of nature at the moment we have completely disrupted those forces so as as i'm very sorry to see you know as you've just experienced in the states in florida you have mother nature is she's pretty she's pretty <laughs> furious and she's she's responding and the response is caused by humanity and by the way we deal with things and not only by our exploitative extractive methods and ways of living and it's to do with the the aura the emanation what we are how we are how we are actually wanting to be in life and that is something we have to realize that each and every one of us has that um, actual, it, it's almost, it, it's a requirement of us. And once you begin to see that you're part of everything and that you're a soul, Share International always talks about the fact that people are not just the people we see in the mirror and so on and the people we talk to every day. We are actually souls in incarnation, and we can talk about that. And we come into incarnation time after time to refine and to develop and to grow our consciousness, because this is all about the growth of consciousness. And people are beginning to get that, and you see change happening, but it is slow, and we need huge areas of work across the board where all the, those who have the knowledge or ha begin to have a, an experience of it, because that's really important, the empirical, is to, to, to pass it on to others. And, of course, there are brilliant books um, throughout the world at the moment with people beginning to explore these ideas. And I have to say, a Share International uh, magazine does the same, and the books of Benjamin Krem do exactly the same. They give information which helps stimulate you to find the fact that you uh, experience the fact that you are a soul, you're a soul in incarnation, and discover the purposes for which you're here. Tell me uh, while we're and, and I want to I want to get to this part because I remember when I when I spoke to Benjamin um, many years ago, 
Uh, we talked a lot about Maitreya. Now, would it be appropriate to start going in that direction? Oh, yes, certainly. Maitreya is, um, in a sort of a nutshell, first of all, Maitreya is the master of all the masters. He is the head of that group of advanced beings who are coming out into the world now. They have, as I said before, for hundred well a hundred thousand years work behind the scenes stimulating and encouraging and guiding humanity whether we're aware of it or not now some if you if if i mention to you all of the well-known geniuses throughout the ages the leonardo da vinci's the michelangelo's the uh, einstein's and so on all of these people in their own way and their along their own field these people have been more advanced in their evolution in their consciousness and some of them were aware of the fact that they were contacted by and working with encouraged by stimulated by a master of the wisdom a master of wisdom now Maitreya is the head of all the masters he's the eldest of a family of brothers he was one of the first of humanity um, as a whole to develop to such a stage that he now embodies and anchors on our planet the energy of what we call love. Now, this is love not in the in the way most of us understand it, which is a lovely feeling that we a warm feeling that we a warm and fuzzy feeling that we have towards each other. This is the energy of let's say coherence itself. It is the energy which holds the life. And it, it is the energy which actually Im, is imbued in everything in this in our solar system at this moment. And Maitreya, as the head of the hierarchy of masters, we say hierarchy of masters is this group of masters who are more and more evolved, uh, more evolved than most of us. They are coming out into the world now as teachers, as guides, etc. Now, Maitreya has been in the modern world in a physical body, I know many people, people, for example, who uh, read the books of Rudolf Steiner, believe that the consciousness of uh, love, of what they call the Christ consciousness, can only come uh, as an energy. Well, that's wonderful and that is true, but added to that is the fact that Maitreya, the embodiment of love, of the Christ energy, the Christ consciousness, is now in the world and he has been in the modern world since 1977. He lived before that. He had his uh, base, as it were, in the Himalayas, as do many of the masters. They live in remote areas of the world. Now they're coming out into the world because it is time, partly because humanity is ready for it on the one hand, and partly because we've allowed the situation in the world, the circumstances in the world to become so dire that we really need their help. So it is for those two reasons. But the masters are masters of economy of energy and they would never be here unless it was really necessary and worth it. Uh, so they waste no energy and they are the ones behind the scenes with Maitreya at their head who are helping guiding, advising, uh, encouraging, inspiring people to make the changes that are necessary. And so you see things like, for example, the worldwide movement um, started by Greta Thunberg, for example, the young young girl who was, she was very young at the time, um, and all the young people 
taking to the streets, making known their voice, making known their need, our, actually our need, humanity's need to listen to the science and make the changes. Now that is obviously a movement encouraged by, inspired by the masters, whether the people taking part in it know anything about the masters or who would probably, they would probably scoff at the idea. Nevertheless, they're carrying out and making real the inspiration which they receive from the masters. Maitreya is an extraordinary being. You'd like me to say something more about him. He's omnipresent, omniscient, and what connects him and us is his love and our heart and soul. The minute a person med begins to meditate and becomes more and more aware of themselves as a soul in incarnation, they develop to a particular stage and you have a heart response to the world. I don't mean wishy-washy and floaty and what, what people call foo-foo and so on. Nothing like that woo-woo. It's really to do with the fact that when, because the nature of the soul is altruistic, it wants to serve, it wants to help the world change. And what happens is the person, perhaps up to then, they've lived a perfectly good and ordinary life, but suddenly they get taken by the urge to begin to change things in the world, to work on a local level, to work in a national level, whatever it is, to change whatever they see is wrong. Now, each of us is drawn to a particular area of life which we find more important than others, or we find that's our, our, uh, the right path for us. So it could be in science, could be in music, whatever it is, but working, you might, might be in local politics, to change things. Now, the minute you, you know yourself to be a soul, that happens automatically because of the altruism and the desire for service of the soul itself. You begin to serve. And the heart is opened to the energy of Maitreya, he embodies that energy of love. And he says himself through Benjamin Krem, every tremor of your heart is felt by me. He is in touch with us and the masses are in touch with us. You know, I think there is something like, I can't remember the percentage. I might be wildly wrong at this moment, but there's a large percentage of Americans, for example, who in a poll said that they believed in angels and believed in being helped or saved in some miraculous way. These, according to Benjamin Krem and his master, are usually the masters intervening, perhaps to, to rescue someone from a terrible accident or to prevent something terrible happening or becoming much worse than it would, would need to be, and so on, or miraculous healing and so on. These are the masters working behind the scenes, working through their disciples too. And so, you know, the, the idea of angels, the idea of something miraculous or something strange happens. You're prevented from taking a plane journey. Something happens to the plane. All of these strange, unexplained things, it really has to do with the fact that we need to be brave enough to stop being cynical and skeptical about everything. You know, cynicism and skepticism lately is, of course, it's yeah. it's chic. You know, you're chic if you're if you can be hard bitten and blasé and and not believe anything. That's great, and it is important for people to use the mind and use discrimination and not you know not believe every single idea that comes along. However, 
if we learn to develop discrimination and find out, okay, which of these ideas is right and how do I have the courage to be truthful to myself and say, wait a minute, I was helped. I know that I was rescued. I know that I was cured. There are people who have these experience, experiences daily. So it's, it's very interesting to see that that's a growing band of people across the world. They have empirical they have empirical knowledge that they're more than just the person in, in, um, that they see in the mirror. They know that they're souls, and they begin to have a sense of purpose. Interestingly, Benjamin Krem says that each person who comes into incarnation comes into life with three, possibly four, very specific purposes. And life is that school and that opportunity for finding out what those purposes are and carrying them out and thereby growing into our full capacity. You come back next time and you do other things and you keep growing. And so reincarnation is part of the whole process. Can you uh, give some examples of the four possibilities? The four possibilities, yes. It very much depends on the person and their um, their sort of their consciousness and their type, because we are all unique. By the way, every single person is unique and needed. You know, um, I know that Benjamin Krem once said, "Oh, the idea of clones and cloning seems to fascinate and intrigue people." So, actually, it's one of the things that's furthest from the the truth. The truth is that all of us are unique. And so each person has a unique set of purposes. Now, let's take a, a couple of possible examples. We can think about the geniuses of the world and so on, on the people now take, who have become household names, and we see them working in politics and ecology and so on. But just let's take ordinary people like, like you and me, at least me. And, um, you, you know, you can say that, for example, um, an ordinary person might have a couple of reasons why they're born into a particular uh, family. It is the case that we're all born into, into groups. A family group um, is often because you have some sort of karmic uh, bond with the people, um, but you also have a spiritual group, which may or may not uh, overlap with your physical, your physical family group. And you may need, so in one life, you may need to sort out some karmic relationship, pay off a karmic debt in some way by doing some sort of service and helping someone. You may, for example, have a particular talent and you might be, it might be necessary for you to learn to put that talent to the service of your community or your country. Um, pe some people are brilliant organizers. That might be their talent. And it might be precisely what they need to learn is to put that ability to organize uh, uh, and help people um, find their own way that they might use that service. And that might be a... So for every, every life, there are these purposes. Now, they could be something very specific, like Benjamin Krem's particular role was to come into incarnation. He was given the talent as being a, an artist and so on. At the same time, he also had, he was given the purpose and the role of making known certain information, which he did. And other people are people who are making known scientific ideas, ecological ideas, which will help the planet. Um, and that would be their purpose. Now, who knows, 
your purpose, my purpose might be to discover some some ideas that we'd like to put forward and let and help the world grow by just letting these ideas come out and think about them and so on to be a stimulus to be a guide to be somehow the the yeast that that uh, leavens the bread and makes things happen you know it's interesting that you say that because in the beginning you know if you don't realize who you are and let's say why you're here one of the problems that you might have is that you have a an in your imagination who you want to be or who you who you aren't and you you know feel bad about the fact that you're not that and you might spend many 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 years or or your whole life trying to accomplish something that you were never supposed to be part of just because you have this feeling that it would make you happier and yet yeah. most people uh don't realize that Usually what they're doing, which usually would be called mechanical or just basically uh, just their basic dharma, if they're doing that, they are happy already, but they're looking for something else that would make them happier when you yeah. know, there are going to be limits to, to, to happiness. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I mean, life is life is a, a lovely challenge. It's a wonderful challenge. And, um, and uh, sometimes it takes some of us ages to find out. And other times people are born kind of almost knowing straight away. You know, you meet people who say, I, I always knew I wanted to be a doctor, you know, right from the start and so on. So people do have a sense of vocation. And that is what soul contact actually makes possible. So the more you meditate, the more you have a sense of your, your inner self, your true worth, your real qualities, and they begin to come out whether you want them or not. The more you meditate, the more they come out, the more you're, oh, yeah, that's what I want to do. That's what I should be doing. Or maybe not should be doing, but simply, oh, that's what I like doing. Oh, I, I can do that. I, I can help there. And so in that way, and um, Benjamin Krem, actually, through, uh, through, through Benjamin Krem, his master brought to the world a particular type of meditation. And I'd like to mention that because it is extraordinarily dynamic. And at the same time, it is a, a way of serving the planet. And I know that for some people it might sound quite abstruse, but basically it's this. Um, and you can do it alongside, as it were, without interfering with your own personal meditation. Many people have a particular type of meditation. That's fine. You keep doing that. Or you're in a particular religion. That's fine. Keep doing that. But alongside that, you can join with some other people to form a triangle or in a, in a larger group, and you do what we call transmission meditation. It's called that because it is to do with the transmission of energies, and these energies are the energies sent into the world by Maitreya, the world teacher, and that is what he is, the teacher, and also by the masters. And the masters work together, sending these energies into the world. Now, these are energies which help to guide us, to give us ideas, to stimulate particular ways of being and so on. And these are the energies that are helping to make the changes in the world. And the sensitive people in the world pick up the ideas, have a sense of the energies and so on, and they are therefore able to carry out some, make some new step, make some change, uh, help in some way to uh, move the world forward, even if it's simply on a local level. Everyone has the ability to make a change and make a difference in the world 
And the minute you're meditating, that starts happening automatically. But transmission meditation is a very specific way of working, and it's working with the masters, helping your own evolution, but most of all, you're serving the planet, you're serving the masters, and helping the whole of humanity and our planet to move forward. And that's really, you know, service. It's a great way of serving. It's very simple, by the way. You don't need to do anything in particular other than link up uh, mentally in a, in a, if you're not together physically. But if you're together physically, um, simply get together and arrange to work at a certain time with a certain rhythm, perhaps three times a week or twice a week, whatever it is. And um, on our website, we give informa more information about it, about transmission meditation. And there's a very I should, simple... Yeah, I, should, I should put that um, on my banner. I can actually do that while we're talking. But it, let me ask you this. Is it the shareinternational.org or is there more to it? Yes. Or you could use shareinternational.us. Uh, uh, in the States, and they also have a section on their website about meditation and transmission meditation. And there are groups around the States um, who do this meditation. And uh, there's a book, uh, a free downloadable book about it too. And it's a great way to serve. People really uh, find that their lives are enhanced and it changes the quality of you because you become more yourself and happier in yourself and more aware of how you can help. And, of course, you know for a fact that you're working with the masters and therefore you're helping to um, advance their their hopes, their plans, their, their ideas for the improvement of the lot of humanity and of the, the, the uh, uh, parts of nature, all, all aspects of nature that we, that we are, as you said earlier on, part of. So um, let's make sure that I'm not off on a tangent here, but are you saying that um, there's information that is coming down? I'll, I'll use the word coming down. Just to, Let's say it's coming down from another source. Um, now, I was wondering if embedded in what that was, what you said, is it the idea that some people can't receive that? So there's a, another group that may, because of the fact that they're doing different types of uh, spiritual practices, they're able to receive this. And so are you saying that, the, the, okay, now I want to ask the question, because I don't want to keep talking about what you're saying. I will ask the question. Um, is it your understanding that the transmission meditation functions as a way to disseminate that to the others? Yes, but at the same time, uh, transmission meditation is open to everyone, without exception. Uh, <laughs> no, I shouldn't have said without exception. I should have said with the exception of uh, two categories. One is if people have frail health, that is to say, if they have heart, heart difficulties, the energies might just be a little bit too strong for them. So people with heart problems, and then also people who are perhaps... Um, unstable in some way psychologically emotionally if they're too unstable again it, it might just be a little bit too much for for people like that however anyone can do transmission but the idea of the being used as a transformer and i think that's behind your question which is very astute um 
being used as a transformer is because the energies are so powerful that they need a transformer, as it were. So they need to be stepped down in order to make them more broadly available for all of us, for, for all of ordinary, or ordinary humanity, all of us. So in that way, we are functioning as a sort of... Um, yeah, a little transformer, and the energies are put through our chakras, through the higher chakras, and then sent out into the world by the masters, not by us. So we don't direct them to anywhere. It's not as if I say, right, well, I think um, I need to send some energy to Putin. Uh, maybe it'll stop him, or I need to send energy to Ukraine or wherever it is. No, um, it is a question of we simply act as the transformers. So it's very interesting that your, your question is very interesting because you have the sense of it, the energy is being stepped down to make them available for, yeah. you know, and on just a, as a level. Just as a point here, I was going to say, when you have electricity, exactly, it's available. Yeah. And then where you, what you plug into the circuit is where that electricity goes. Yes, exactly. So exactly, they're acting as a as a way to direct the information yeah. out. Yeah, just a that's bit. it. Yeah, that's it, and that's available to anyone. And it's a great way of serving the world. And uh, you know that you're doing something. And again, it's not taxing. Um, and if you get into a habit of it, and so long as you're in in good health and and you know at least stable, emotionally stable, and so on there should be no problem and you do it with other people. So, um, um, and you can always ask them questions and so on. If I could reach it right now and get it, I think it's behind me on one of the shelves. There's a book by Benjamin Krem and his master called transmission meditation, meditation for a new age. And that was given by his master specifically. So it's another, another tool to help us evolve and serve, which so are, people you know, go if people go to the uh, website, I think I have it correct. It says www.shareinternational.org. Yeah, yeah. share-international.org. Ah, that's what I want yeah. to do. It's, okay, so yeah. let's it's let me correct that right now because yeah. that's, share that's embedded. That's embedded. <laughs> I won't be able to take it out. So okay. I'm going to correct it now while we're doing this thing. Yeah. Thank so you for share-international.us or dot, dot .org and so on. So, um, and if people want to order any of these books, and by the way, some of them are free. I think there are about four or five which are completely free downloadable. And there's also, if, you could, if you'd like to buy them from our own uh, online uh, bookstore, you can find it at share-e-cart. So, e-cart.com, E-C-A-R-T ecart.com share hyphen ecart at least i corrected i've corrected the uh the one that we're looking at here right. says, i see share dash international dot mm -hmm. yeah um and there are such um simple little books that cost literally i mean i think the this, the price in the states is two euros for us it's like uh, sorry two dollars for us it's like two euros 50 or something there are books which are for example give you a broad overview um called the ageless wisdom teachings for example so are they they're pdfs or is that what it is or uh yes so downloadable like that and um there are a number of books as i say and really this is the the wisdom of the ages and we're so so fortunate to have had people like 
Madame Blavatsky, Alice Bailey, Helena Rurich, Krishnamurti, all of these people hmm. um, who have been in touch with the masters at some point of their lives or not. Uh, I say that because Krishnamurti wasn't so keen on the idea of masters later on, but he was in fact um, overshadowed by Maitreya at some point. And he was one of the possible vehicles for Maitreya to come out. But in the end, Maitreya decided after the war that humanity had suffered so much, the second, First World War, Second World War, that he himself would come. And so he has come uh, himself, is in the world. And my personal belief is that um, he could come out at any time now. Um, he, to my mind could possibly have come forward. And when I say come out, that sounds strange. Let me explain that somewhat. It means that he would gradually make himself known. Uh, from Benjamin Krem, we realize, we have heard that, for example, the nuclear uh, treaty discussions um, that took place a couple of years ago started in Vienna and are continuing behind the scenes and so on. The states, the Iran, et cetera, et cetera, EU representatives um, trying to um, rejig that deal with Iran and so on, the nuclear deal. Now, we know from Benjamin Krem and from his master that Maitreya was directly and indirectly involved in those negotiations and talks. So Maitreya is a modern man. I want to actually, I should really emphasize that. He's a modern man, as are all the masters, and they're working in all the fields that really matter to all of us. So, for example, in we some... Don't, we don't have to express, we, we don't have to see them in garb that came from, let's say, uh, 200 years be <laughs> before Christ, or, you know, we exactly. can see them as ordinary people. Modern man, modern men in ordinary, uh, and, uh, the, you know, Benjamin Krebs has written to say, um, when you see them, you'll be astonished at the, their simplicity, their normality, their humor, their, well, of course, extraordinary love and wisdom. Mm -hmm. And uh, Maitreya, of course, is, is that as well, you know, that extraordinary wisdom and love that goes, you know, right to the heart of the problem, but expresses itself simply and in modern terms. Hence his, his, um, his uh, teaching, which is, you know, share and save the world. Because if we don't share, if we don't cooperate, if we don't see ourselves as one, we will continue to have what we have at the moment, which is conflict, war, competition, etc. And it is the commercialization, the constant, uh, the need for growth and more and more wealth, etc., etc., while everything is totally skew and all of our relationships are out of kilter completely with us, with the, the rest of the world. And, you know, we think we can continue. We can't. And unless we take Maitreya in his modern, absolutely up to the minute, cutting edge way of looking at things, and that is what it is, you know, he looks and he sees and he says, folks, you have to change your economics. You have to change your politics. You have to learn to communicate uh, and communicate really and truly with each other so that you cooperate. It's a question of unity and diversity. Accept the diversity, love it, embrace it, but see yourselves as one. Respect that and really work together. Be cooperative, not competitive. And that is our huge problem. And we have 
really, since the Second World War, we have gradually become more and more deeply enmeshed in materialism. You know, the masters hoped that both world wars would give us enough of a sense of suffering and uh, privation and so on, and we would see what competition and greed and, and conflict does, that we would step into a different way of being. And for a time, we did. And one of the most brilliant things that the Americans did, the American uh, um, authorities at the time, introduced the Marshall Plan. Brilliant. A real gesture from the American heart. And America holds the key to a lot of what the future, what needs to happen in the future. America has a lot of the answers. And if that wonderful, generous heart and generous spirit of ordinary Americans can be allowed to come to the fore, that would be the saving of humanity. It, because America has the influence, has the power, and it can lead in the right direction. At the moment, I'm afraid America is not playing that role. And the whole of the world is hoping that America will step forward and take that role on itself, as it did with the Marshall Plan. But as I was saying, you know, the masters were hoping that because of the suffering of the world wars, we'd come to our senses somewhat more. And we did for a while. And we had the wonderful Marshall Plan, as I said. Then Maitreya came out into the world. And when he did, one of the first things he did was to approach that he was the chancellor, of German chancellor at the time, Willy Brunt. Now, some of your viewers might remember him, and your younger viewers will probably not have heard of him. But Willy Brunt was actually conscious of his uh, contact with one of the masters and being contacted by Maitreya. And the idea of the Brunt Report was born. It became the Brunt Report. And what they um, put forward was a wonderful plan, which basically came down to let us share the resources of the world more equitably. We're not asking you to give up anything, but we're asking you to use the surplus that you have in each country and somehow allocate that on an equitable basis so that everyone has enough. Now, it's not a question, I know, as soon as people hear the word sharing, a lot of people get worried, oh, dear, dear, I'm going to have to give up everything, I'm going to have to go back to the Middle Ages, and there's a loss of, no, no loss, a gain, a gain in your humanity and a gain in justice. The zero sum should be justice for all. And so we need to redistribute the world's resources equitably so that because it's a human right, all of us need to eat, all of us need to have a place, roof over our heads. We need, as you pointed out, water, air. We need these things. We need health care. All of us need these things. And they are there as a human right. And it's by providence, by, if I may use the word God, God-given uh, rights for all humanity, and they're not simply rights, they're actually basic needs. We need to have these things, and we need education, uh, one of the things we need most of all. And there will be a job for every single one of the, us who wants to help the world in this coming time. And that is what the masters are, are here for, that's what they're waiting for. It is for humanity to make the step to say, yes, we will we, we accept, we see, we see that we can't go further as we are. We need to share. We need to come together. We need to start working as one 
in order to save all of us and to save our planet. We are up against it. We are seriously up against it and we need to be serious and take it as a responsibility on each single one of us to make changes in our lives. And we can do it. We can do it. The only problem is that so much at the moment is in the hands of um, what I might call materialistic forces, the materialism of constant growth and wanting to make more profits and so on, big oil and big farm and all the rest of it, making profits. As I said, while so many people are literally hungry, and they're not only in the what we would call developing countries, (laughs) they're in Europe. Um, A few years ago, some people died on the streets of London and Birmingham, on the streets, because they died of cold, they were homeless, and they died on the streets of our huge cities. How can we allow that? How can it be? When you say that humanity is one, how can we be okay with it that we allow this to happen? We can't. And Maitreya says very much the same. He says, how can you... uh, allow this to happen it's you know it's not it's not the way we are it's not the way we should be and it hurts every single one of us whether we realize it or not we feel uneasy and we need to come into the ease of the loving nature that we really are the loving beings that we really are and that means hard choices and it means modern hard choices hard at first They might seem, but I believe it will be absolutely simplicity itself once you accept the fact and you feel together with Maitreya, because this is an experience that is waiting for us. Maitreya will give us an experience of ourselves as one being, and he will speak to each person, and you will hear him in your own language, whatever your language is, and you will sense, you will have a a totally unifying sense of being one and a sense of yourself as a soul and that precious moment of you simply being. And you will experience his love, his energy, and it will enfold all of us. And we will have a sense for the time that it lasts. It's what we call an overshadowing. He will be in touch with every single one of us. And at that moment, all of us will know that we are not only, not only are we souls in incarnation, but that we are part of one great oversoul. And that will become the new basis. That will become the basis for a new reality. The experience that you have had of being, of just being and being one with others, in complete beauty, in complete harmony, that will become the basis because we will say, I've experienced that now. I can't go back to simply cutthroat business and never mind what happens to other people because other people are us. We are part of one another. And that is the only way we can go forward. But we have to take it seriously. So that is what Share International is waiting for. That is what the world is waiting for. We believe that sooner or later, Maitreya, who is now in the world, as I said, modern, with modern ideas, modern solutions, 
This will gradually happen once people begin to hear his ideas and he will not impose these ideas, not at all, because that is humanity's, uh, let's say, humanity's great privilege and at the same time great problem. We have free will. And having that free will, we're allowed to make mistakes and we're allowed to take time. The only problem is now we're beginning to run out of time because of what we've done to our planet. Betrayal will never infringe our free will, neither will the masters. But it's up to us to make those changes and to see that we really need to and work together. And what we're waiting for and hoping for, and Matreya is waiting and hoping that, <laughs> waiting for, is that we take the steps. Gradually we'll see him and he'll be talking along the lines I've been talking about. He'll be giving basic and simple solutions to problems that humanity is facing. On, across all levels. And once we begin to respond to those and we say, oh, now, because he won't introduce himself as Maitreya, the world teacher, he'll simply be talking as Mr. So-and-so and he will gradually become known to the world. And we will have the opportunity and the free will without any pressure on ourselves to respond to him from our hearts from what we see is necessary for the world and for what we see is important for all of us. And so as soon as anyone sees him, hears him and begins to respond and say, mm, now that makes sense. That's the kind of thing that we need in our politics. That's the new way of doing things. That's great. As that momentum builds, gradually there'll be enough people in the world saying, well, we want to hear more about that guy. We want to hear more from that guy. Let's hear him. Let's hear that man. He has some great things to say. And there will be a gradual increase in that momentum, and he will eventually make himself known at a certain point and make himself known as who he is. He will acknowledge his true status. And as I, point, uh, I mentioned, there will be this extraordinary experience of ourselves as ourselves, ourselves as part of everything, and his love will pour through us. And that will become that experience of who you are, your true self, in total harmony and beauty with others. That will become the basis for a new world in which we'll say, we have to end the old ways of doing things. They don't work, so let's try, let's try sharing. Let's try justice. Let's try peace. Let's see if we can cooperate. Hmm. Well, look, uh, we could go on and on on this one. This is this is like you've done a great job. This is a very, very, very good interview, and I really appreciate you being with us today, Felicity. Um, I look forward to perhaps having you on again sometime in the future. Oh, I would love that. That would be great. And um, I, there's nothing that well, not nothing, but you've basically said everything that I could have imagined, and you, and I think that that, that we should wrap it up for today. But um, I want to again thank you so much, and share dash international dot org. That's right. So and yeah, great. And if you'd like to go to the U.S. website, it is share hyphen dash uh, international dot us so and of course we're around the world and people can go to our website and see it in different languages and so on but yeah 
Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed your questions and I've enjoyed talking, hearing your, uh, your ideas as well, coming through your questions. That's great. Thank you so much. All right. And thank you listeners for watching the Timeless Voyager series. This is Bruce Stephen Holmes, and I hope that your own personal voyage through life towards the development of your highest potential is a joyous and successful one. <laughs> <laughs>